Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Hello, Holden. How are you on this fine day? You know, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I mean, how are you doing, newly married man, Jimmy? Oh, I'm doing well, yes. First week of being married. Just to clarify, I'm married to my wife, Emily, not to Holden. To no. clear up that confusion, I'm sure there's a lot of fan fiction out there. Yeah. I know I've written some, so. I Yeah, and I've read it. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Holden, yeah, it's good. She's just in the other room right now. So mm-hmm. I told her she could uh, come and use the restroom and, and whatnot since it is her <laughs> Give apartment. her permission. Yeah, yeah I, I usually out. let her out of that second bedroom once a day, at least to go to the <laughs> restroom, get some food. But, yeah, so she might make a little guest appearance if she has to come and use the restroom or something. So look okay. forward to that. How fun. <laughs> yep, that's why we, uh, last week we did, we took a gap week, as we had previously said. We were too busy partying it up on the dance floor at Jimmy's wedding. Yeah, you and would, Jimmy was too busy being stressed and stuff, I guess. But You, you know. would know that if you followed our top Facebook page, uh, so you could stay up to date on all the top news that Holden posts once every year about. Yeah, <laughs> every six <laughs> months or so. <laughs> all right, Holden, what is Wait. on the docket for this week? Yeah, we've got a great episode this week uh, featuring our reviews of BAM, the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale, because we're behind on that. BAM, the uh, last two episodes of The Boys that we haven't covered, and BAM, the Black Phone. Yes, so many things, Holden. Let's dive right in. None of them stranger. That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Yes, Holden. And as you alluded to in the intro, we'll be doing Stranger Things next week. Mm-hmm. The season four finale episodes. But let's do the Toms, like you said. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Holden, I have been so out of the loop on the news the last two weeks, so I have no idea if anything happened at all. So this will be all new to me. Not a ton of things did happen. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is actually, it's not even really movie related, but I want to know if you had heard about this. Um, Did you hear about the $5,000 Star Wars drink? I, I, you know, I saw actually a headline on Reddit, but I didn't look at it. Okay, so apparently on one of Disney's cruise lines, uh, they are serving this five, it's this cocktail uh, that's $5,000. It's the Kyber Crystal is what it's called. And it comes served in like one of those, uh, it's like a replica of those containers from Star Wars. Like when, like they sometimes hold credits or whatever. I don't remember what, I don't know what they're called. They, you do the little twist on the top and it opens, you know. Okay. Uh, um, it's served in one of those, apparently fully functioning, and so it does the twist and everything. Um, but it's a mix of high-end cognac, uh, bourbon, port, and a blend of fruits. 
Um, I looked at the actual list. I didn't want to write all the names down here. And a lot of these drinks that are included, you buy for like 1500 a bottle. Oh my gosh. So it's it's a mix of all of these type of things. And it you also get tickets uh, to Skywalker Vineyards, which is apparently a place that is not typically open to the public. But you get, you're able to tour that when you buy this. So. so if it's a mixture of all these expensive things, wouldn't you just want to experience those expensive things on their own? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this drink is absolutely fantastic. What if it's just me. awful? See, <laughs> so like, oh, I don't really like that. You just put it down yeah. and drink the rest of it. <laughs> you have to pretend to like it since you just dropped five grand on a on do you the get drink. To, do you get to keep the cool storage box? I hope so. For that amount of money. Is it the thing where you like twist open and it like and it's got like a like you know like where you would take out like the serum or something in there well you don't really pull it out but you like twist it and then like the sides kind of fold open as like as okay you know, steam pours out and stuff okay yeah it's pretty right. cool looking I saw, I saw a demonstration of it online all right well i'll just work on that bestseller hold then we can go <laughs> then we can go experience that for ourselves huh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna give that a bergeron yeah uh bergeron i mean almost a bombadil that they expect anyone to buy that drink but. and i would like to see just someone be like yeah can i get the uh, kyber crystal and then can i get a water too yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it comes uh, i i i couldn't really tell from the video i think it comes served in like shot glasses or something because it looks like there's several in there so you can so you like, get share. a bunch of them y- uh, yeah but i th- they're still not very big i don't know just look up the video when we're done with the podcast, Jimmy. It's you know what? What I what I really want to know is, do they sell death sticks there? Death sticks. Yeah. You want to buy those? some death sticks? Okay, hold on. Well, you clearly are not a fan of the prequel, so we'll just move on. My <laughs> my fellow <laughs> yeah, prequel no. memers, they'll they'll get that and they'll appreciate that. Hold on. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, other news. Avatar two. Uh. The weird. way of the way of water. The way of water. Um, so Sigourney Weaver is confirmed to be in this movie, which is weird because in the first movie she dies. Uh, and so people <laughs> are like, yeah, oh, yeah for that movie, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, Sigourney Weaver's character dies and they, they try to like transfer her body or like mind into one of the avatars. It doesn't work. So she's dead, whatever. But she was confirmed to come back in this and it was, it's now it's announced that she's playing, uh, the main character's teenage daughter. Sigourney Weaver, a seventy-year-old so woman. Wait, what? She's playing a teenage, like one of the one of the Navi. She's playing a teenager. Oh, okay. So she's just mocapping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why? I think she should just play Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Right. What just am I doing it here? It make the. I mean, Disney owns all of that now. So. Yeah, Disney owns everything. So. <laughs> um. It just seems weird to be like I, I you're bringing her back. I mean, I think this is all just like a marketing kind of thing because people are gonna see that and be like, "What the heck? Why?" <laughs> but I like I don't understand why you don't just get like a new actor aside from the name on the box. I guess I don't know, but uh, I, that is uh, news that is whatever to me because I mean Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, she's a great actress. I enjoy seeing her and things, so I'll give it a yeah. Bergeron because that's weird that they would do that, but it's. Jim Cameron and he does what he wants doesn't he he sure does he sure does I'll give it a Bergeron as well um 
Jimmy, uh, Dune 2 uh, was delayed. Um, but don't worry, not by much. Only a month. It's now okay. coming out. Oof. It's only coming. It's coming out now, I think, Thanksgiving around. I don't know if it's Thanksgiving weekend, but around there. Um, and it is of going to be 2023, direct- I'm guessing. Yeah, 2023. Yep. And it's going to be directly competing with the uh, the new Hunger Games prequel. <laughs> well, I w- yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say, I wonder who's going to win that. But I guess Dune, the first one didn't do amazingly well and i feel like usually you have lesser returns on sequels so i mean yeah i'm wondering because i feel like dune could do like the sequel could do better just out of word of mouth for the original i don't know but um i i feel like (laughs) neither i i think on their own would like completely sweep the box office so i don't know i don't know which one will win probably dune probably hunger games yeah because i mean the people who do care about hunger games don't care about that (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) unless they you know again they i thought they improved upon the mockingjay book with those two movies that i saw once when they came out in theaters and they're probably still fine so yeah uh we'll see i guess um Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron. Uh, Jimmy, thank goodness we got an official release date for the next Godzilla vs. Kong movie. Oh, boy. Uh, it is coming out March 15th, 2024. Wow, I could not wait. Yeah, right? That for, that last Godzilla vs. Kong, it was our favorite of whatever year that came out. Was it, was it was that 2020? 20, no. 2021. Oh yeah, that was just last year, wasn't it? I think, right? Holy cr- I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2021 cuz it was like one of the first of the HBO. Yeah, you're releases. right. I that seems like so long ago. <laughs> I don't remember anything from that movie aside from Mecha Godzilla's in it. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess, for that <laughs> obvious thing that happens in that movie. Yeah. Um I I mean, it looked cool. The fights are cool. Yeah, the I mean, other the stuff two hours bought, of that movie, <laughs> the stuff that you bought the ticket for were pretty cool. But unfortunately, there was a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I think they just need to combine Godzilla, King Kong, Jurassic Park, and Fast and the Furious already. Just all of them into one. Yeah, all of them. Throw throw in some Pacific Rim in there just for fun. And Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Looney Tunes. Let's just include it. Yeah, include everything. Let's just do Space Jam 2 again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Bergeron. I don't care about this movie. What Are, are they going to fight again or are they going to team up again? I don't know. And that Godzilla vs. Kong 2 is not the title. It's, it's just whatever the follow-up movie is going to be. So... Um, the other, the last piece of news I have to talk about, uh, and this is uh, something we kind of briefly discussed, was uh, Taika Waititi this week uh, oh, yeah. talking about his new Star Wars movie. So I, last week or two weeks ago, some sometime recently, we mentioned that his movie is apparently the next one coming out, and it's apparently coming out 2023. Um, well, Taika Waititi, in an interview for uh, Thor Love and Thunder, he said... I'm trying to currently write the Star Wars idea. I've got I've I've got to see how that goes because once I submit it that might determine when it gets made or if it gets made even. But I thought this movie was happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw that they talked to Kathleen Kennedy and they're like you said it was coming out in 2023 and she's like well not 2023 late 2023. <laughs> Which when I like, last checked is 
still in 2023. Yeah, so. it's still in 2023. And, like, theoretically, I guess, if, like, somehow Taika Waititi in the next few weeks pushes out a, a script that's, like, perfect, he likes it, and they fast-track this, I guess they could still get it out, but there's no way that's happening. This is Star Wars. Like, this is going to go through a lot of rewrites and... He gonna be a, there's going to be a lot of studio interference probably in some regards. He does the way it came out came off in the interview is it doesn't seem like he really cares. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like man I would really love to make this Star Wars movie. He's like, "You know what? I'm going to write this thing if it works out great. If it doesn't, I'm going to take off like 6 months and just be with my kids." Oh yeah, that, I did yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, I mean I mean that's good for him. He's probably he's he's had a large string of movies recently, and I'm sure he'd probably like to get back to doing smaller things too, because I think that's kind of what he enjoys doing most. So I don't blame him. And he could just cameo in a bunch of stuff now, or just play the the bad guy and the free guy too. <laughs> you know, like he can just do that thing too. He can just kind of take it he can relax he can work as much as he wants at this point he's kind of become a hollywood icon um i don't know why anybody would want to do star wars unless they had a fully formed fleshed out idea already in place that was going to be a surefire hit which i don't think that exists for star wars frankly at this point no and i mean like i would love to see a taika watiti star wars movie um but i mean i don't know i'm also just cool with not no star wars movies for a while yeah, he Which, can just direct the Mandalorian parts yeah, of it. Do that because he he's doing a good job with that too. So um, this is uh for Taika Waititi, Bergeron, whatever he he do, he'll do whatever he wants to do. Good for him. Uh, Lucasfilm again, Bombadil. What is going on? I <laughs> just cannot I, <laughs> like handle the most basic things. <laughs> like, are you? Don't say you are making a movie if you're not doing it. Why would you I, announce I, a release date for a movie that you're not even, nothing has even been written for? It, like, I know this is not the first time I've mentioned it, probably won't be the last, but it is embarrassing that Disney owns both this and Marvel with just how completely differently they're being handled. <laughs> <laughs> like, Marvel has their slate all planned out and they have everything written out all in advance and they probably have drafts of movies way in the future and Star Wars can't even get this one movie made <laughs> properly. Well, it's like that you could tell they wanted to be like that. Mm-hmm. And they just announce a bunch of things before fully fleshing them out. And they yeah. just all got canceled. Like you had the Ryan Johnson trilogy. That's never going to happen. You had the the Game of Thrones D&D guys say they were doing a series of movies. That never happened. No, not you happening. had the Patty Jenkins thing. Who knows if that's going to happen? Taika Waititi. <laughs> who knows? You had three solo movies planned. Uh, uh, the Han Solo movies. Obi you Wan made movie one. was planned, but then now it's a TV show. Yep, you were gonna do a Boba Fett movie, then it became a TV show, a bad one. <laughs> you have the Mandalorian, congratulations, and like f- fifteen minutes of good Obi Wan content. That is what they have accomplished. <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Bombadil Lucasfilm, get your yeah. get your stuff together. <laughs> At least Indiana Jones Five may be good with James Mangold. So we'll see. Yeah crossing our fingers uh i'll also give this a bombadil um 
I think that's it. I don't think there was really anything gaming wise. There was like a little. Um, there what? was a uh, like the, uh, like uh, the, apparently there was a leak that there was going to be like a big God of War event on like June thirtieth that just never happened, and then so but people you know the internet being the internet just attributed all the blame to sony santa monica and so that was and um craig bell bell Ber, cory ball what's his name the the cory <laughs> bird bar burlog whatever his name um he's like hey you know what why don't you just be nice to to our developers we're still <laughs> working on the game it's coming out this year i promise it's not going to be delayed anymore just be nice to us you'll get stuff when it comes out we didn't even say we were having an event it just got supposedly leaked and that leak was incorrect <laughs> and every in the internet took it out on the developers so real classy move internet <laughs> um which uh, that happened so that's just a sad thing to happen bombadil to the people who took it out on the developers who are yeah. working i'm sure crunch time to get this done which is bombadil sad. bombadil that's all i got hold on what were you gonna say oh i um the only thing i kind of had was there was a little mini nintendo direct thing but that was mostly for third party stuff and i wasn't particularly interested in any of it so don't really have anything to say. Um, I know that there was like a leaked picture of like the actual PlayStation VR two, but it's like wow, it looks like the renders. <laughs> I haven't seen anything about it. It's so. just like a picture of it on a chair. Okay. And the, I think it got like wiped from the internet somehow, but I don't know. That's it, Holden. Uh, shall we go on to our Obi Wan Kenobi? Hello yeah. there, time goodbye now discussion. The f- the finale yeah that's the title that would be a good name for the episode but all right part six i guess yes the the series finale of obi-wan kenobi i hope hopefully the series finale i guess we'll see um here we go diving right into our spoiler discussion all right obi-wan kenobi uh, ended last week uh, unfortunately, Jimmy had a wedding that he had to go be a part of, um, so we weren't able to cover it then. But here we are, the finale. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad this series is over. Let's just be done with this. Let's move on. Whatever. Okay, Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> look, you know what? I, I mean, Holden, we briefly just gave our thoughts, I think, on this episode in passing or sometime during the wedding uh, pro- process. And you don't seem to like this episode, Eden. I no. I think this has the best moments of the series. Um, I also still think it's flawed, but like I, in my opinion, this is easily the best episode of the show. And I could see, okay, well, you had your ideas. You just didn't execute them very well. But I do think, for the most part, that the Darth Vader-Obi-Wan duel in this episode is is well done. It hits the moments it needs to hit. Is it perfectly executed? I would still say no. Um, but it is. it has moments that I think... I, I'm glad I got to see. Like, they, they had a vision for this scene. And that's what they tried to build the show around and it's just like okay the this the scene popped out in their brain when they're 
uh, making the show, but the rest of the series wasn't as clear. It didn't kind of reveal itself as much as this this confrontation between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. I is kind of the impression I got from this because I thought that scene was just remarkably stronger than anything else in the series. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was definitely the best part of this episode. Um, probably the series, as you said. Um, it just happens on another boring rock planet. Jesus Christ. Um, at first that's what I thought, but then, I mean, they at least used like the, the, I don't know, rock spires. I don't know what to call them. Stalactites. I don't remember which ones go up and which ones go down. (laughs) Um, I don't know. But at least they used that. That was more interesting than what the mine that was. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, um, it's a lot of just throwing rocks, isn't it? Um. Obi-Wan T-poses and throws a bunch of rocks at Vader at one point. It's pretty pretty epic, if you ask me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know. It. <laughs> okay, I. so I'm going to complain about this. I complained this, about this in the first episode, and I know for a fact now I'm not the only one who has this issue. This show, this episode, was so dark. I could not see what was happening for, like, half of this episode. It was the worst when it was Reva chasing Luke. Like, that part was almost incomprehensible. Um, the fight against Obi-Wan and Vader was aided only because they had lightsabers, but that was also pretty dark. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, it is dark, but I didn't have a problem noticing anything on my 75-inch QLED <laughs> amazing $2,500 TV. No. <laughs> I... So... But... Y- I, like you shouldn't need the state of the art television to be able to tell what's happening. <laughs> like, yeah. Like this is a problem that's been going on. Like, I mean, it's literally this style right now in cinema is underexposed. Mm-hmm. It's just the way like digital cinema ten- or digital cameras look more cinematic when you underexpose things, especially like the flesh tones and stuff like that. So, and, and you can get away with more things in low light. Whereas with film, you just can't, do that yeah. stuff you can't get the dynamic resolution or excuse me the dynamic range that you can get with the with the uh, digital cameras but like you said like now <laughs> at least today when they are releasing it you need to have like a very high quality display just to be able to tell what's going on and that yeah. that shouldn't be a thing um because we obviously we saw that in game of thrones season eight we're seeing mm-hmm. it now here with this stuff it's just a trend that I think they need to step back from it a little bit. Like, find the, the in-between where you mm-hmm. can do the underexposed so it looks cinematic, but also just light your scene. Holy <laughs> 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 smokes. That's just the big thing. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. You could just touch it up a little bit, even in post, I feel, and it would uh, look a lot better for the the majority a lot of uh, I know a lot of things on Reddit I've seen have kind of alluded to like the Battle of Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings, the two towers, as like a great example of how to like light night scenes. And it's mm-hmm. like it looks great. It's still nighttime. You can tell. It's like your suspension of disbelief doesn't go away because you have these bright you know lights. You know, it's like it's fine. They have a moon. You can get away yeah. with this stuff. These specular highlights and things that aren't realistic. But it's like we're used to seeing that in movies, so you don't have to get rid of that. And I don't know why Hollywood seems to be trying to go away from this, but, yeah, it's making things harder to see. Um, 
boy, the Riva stuff was, I think, really dumb in this episode. Oh, yeah. It, she's, like, just a wasted character. I, 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 it doesn't... This episode... Okay, admittedly, I did watch this over a week ago, but I can't remember, like, them properly explaining why she felt the need to go after Luke. Like, it that doesn't make any sense. Um. Well, I... So here's my understanding. Okay. Is somehow she... Again, how she did this, whatever. Who cares? I can suspend my disbelief from for this. But somehow she pieces together that Luke Skywalker is Darth Vader's son. From the information she had, there is literally, like, you'd have to go on such a limb to put that together based on what Bail Organa's message is. Excuse me. Um, so, sure, I can suspend my disbelief for that because obviously we know that's the case. So, okay, whatever. We don't Does need Bail it Organa say like call him Luke Skywalker? No, he's message? just he's like the boy. Like okay. I'm gonna go to Tatooine to Owen to find the boy. Okay, he can't, like he's like he can't find out about the boy. It's like okay, how do you know like he's even referring to Darth Vader? How do you know like how did she put together that Luke Skywalker? This boy is his son. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader doesn't even know that. So I. From what I understand, again, I watched this over a week ago, too, is that she is going to kill Luke Skywalker to get revenge on Darth Vader. But Darth Vader doesn't even know Luke Skywalker exists. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's exactly, like, what I don't understand. It's like, she... I, I'm pretty sure she's aware that Vader doesn't know Luke exists. Otherwise, Vader would be going after Luke. So why would getting Luke or killing him, why would that be revenge on Anakin at all? It doesn't make any sense. Here's the thing I have with Reva. Okay, for, um, before I dive into this whole analysis of Reva's character, I just want to say that scene was, it reminded me of, not at, not as cheesy as the kidnappers chasing Leia through the, <laughs> the woods. <laughs> And getting stopped by tree managers. But just uh, Uncle Owen just throwing boxes. And Aunt Brew just slapping Reva in the face. <laughs> it was like comical. As like Luke's running away. And he like can't see the lightsaber. So it's like. And she's going after him in the, the wastelands or whatever. It's like what is what is happening here? This is I mean I will absurd. say. Um, it was nice that you know. They got a bit more to do in this, um, like Owen and Baru, but I don't know. It's still, yeah, as you said, it's pretty dumb that they even were any sort of threat to her. <laughs> um, but Reva, okay. Again, I think they had the vision for Reva, and they just couldn't execute it. Because I think the, the structure is there. Like, the, the idea is there for this interesting character. I think the issue is is that I, well here's here's how I would change Reva's character. I would make her um mission maybe aligned with Obi-Wan's. So mm-hmm. she wants to kill Darth Vader. Okay. Well, maybe she's not an inquisitor or something. Maybe like you don't necessarily need her to be an inquisitor. Maybe she's a lower level inquisitor. Maybe she's not just trying to get up the ranks. Maybe she's just trying to get close to Darth Vader and maybe the inquisitors have this whole thing that you can only get close to Darth Vader by moving up the ranks or something like establish that in the show establish that so it makes sense that she's trying to do this to get closer to darth vader because (laughs) in the show as it is it's like well 
be pretty easy to get close to him. <laughs> You're close to him all the time. I don't know why you need to be Grand Inquisitor to kill him. Mm. Um, so if you're gonna do that, make establish that in the show, and then so Obi Wan's like, okay, I want to kill Darth Vader. You want to kill Darth Vader? Then maybe Obi Wan has the change of heart. He doesn't agree with exactly how Reva wants to do this. Maybe they work together. I think it's more interesting if their, you know, their um, objective is the same, um, but how they want to reach that objective kind of varies based on Obi Wan's morality. Versus sure. Reva's need for revenge. Reva and... <laughs> um, so I think that would be a more interesting character. No, I And you could have, like, agree. the foil of Obi-Wan, and she would actually serve a purpose in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I just think the way that it played out, it seemed like they didn't really... Ha- the character didn't have a focus. It's like, mm. okay, I want to kill Darth Vader, but I want to... I want to do this stuff. And I love the idea of her kind of realizing that she's becoming more like this person she hates. I think that's a great idea. Um, I even think Chris Stockman talked about this in his review because he really liked this. And he's like, oh, that was brilliant writing. I'm like, I don't think that's brilliant writing, Chris. I think that's a great idea that they didn't execute very well. Mm-hmm. Um, because... So I I think it's just something she should have realized earlier based on how they developed her character. But I would love this idea of her. She's going to kill. She's trying to kill Darth Vader and she slowly becomes more like him as she goes along that process. And then she realizes it, you know, does whatever. Um, But uh, yeah, or maybe she does things and it's too late and she has all these regrets and stuff and she doesn't have a happy ending. And you can even have the whole thing where she kind of uh leaves and rides off into the unknown at the end like he did in the series so again the idea was there the execution all right yeah that's my whole reva spiel i mean literally just make the uh make her plot line coherent that would just make it better (laughs) (laughs) um now how does leia fit into all that i don't know maybe just leia's not in this then um, or you find a different way to incorporate her. But if you're going to have Reva in here, I I just think that there needed to be changes to how she was written. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, also, <laughs> also, I love the, uh, the analysis of, like, uh, Moses Ingram, which the hate that she has received is so stupid, inexplicable. Mm-hmm. People on the Internet are awful. Um, I would not... Not to say I do not think her performance is very good in this show, to be honest, in most scenes, because she is either, and this may be the direction, but she is either yelling or she is whispering. And there is literally, she just doesn't talk at any other volume. There's parts where she's just yelling sentences so articulately. And I'm like, and again, that could be all the direction, but I I don't think that performance works for me. It's lacking nuance. She's definitely overacting in most of the scenes she's in, but but again, yeah. and and that's not to say that Star Wars has not had overacting. I understand yeah, that no. too. <laughs> um, which is another thing. People are like, "Well, you can't be a Star Wars fan and then critique this stuff because that's in all the Star Wars." It's like, well, maybe we're a Star Wars fan who just wants something like actually good now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like is that a sin to want like? something that's well made and star wars do they have to be mutually exclusive 
We don't need it. We don't want Star Wars to stick to the status quo. <laughs> like, I think I think there's a, a large portion of the Star Wars fan base wants Star Wars to finally mature. Mm-hmm. And there's another part of it that's like, well, if Star Wars matures, then it's not Star Wars anymore. And you got to have it be immature if you're a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That's I think stupid. enough people have grown up with Star Wars that it would be nice to see Star Wars itself grow up. Um, so... There we go. Let's talk about that duel, huh? Um, yeah, sure. a, a lot of good moments. I, obviously, for me, the biggest moment is I was like, I was just waiting for it to happen when his helmet gets cut open because it's like yeah. that's gonna happen. They did it in Rebels. It's a, an amazing scene. I've watched it out of context. It's still great. Um, just waiting for it to happen. It happens, and the dialogue there I thought was great. I I thought the performances, especially. Hayden Christensen, like wow! Mm-hmm. I thought he was terrific. I, he was just horrifying in this scene. I thought he killed it. I I honestly thought he absolutely nailed it. He's never been more intimidating as Darth Vader. I think that is his best scene in all of Star Wars, acting wise, hands yeah. down. I thought he was, was really incredible. Good. His eyes, just the fury in them, the the terror. Uh, great obi-wan just heartbroken over seeing this it really humanizes that that is anakin skywalker you have the whole playing with the red and blue lights of course classic star wars thing to do um yeah ewan mcgregor's bringing on the just the tears the heartbrokenness i just felt that i thought that moment was amazing it was by far the best scene in the show uh, yeah hands down for me yeah i agree definitely the best scene um yeah, uh, I mean, gave uh, gave us a reason why Obi Wan calls him Darth in um, A New Hope. Yeah, I saw that. I saw people talking about that. That's something that never occurred to me, but it makes sense now. Uh, yeah. Also, the whole thing of like, oh well, you know, Anakin Skywalker was betrayed by Darth Vader, killed by yeah. him. You know, gives yeah. them that. He's like him saying, "I did all that stuff." Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, the way that fits in, it kind of retroactively explains some weird bits of of A New Hope and all of that. I think that's really cool. Um, as you said, the dialogue's good. Um, I mean, did I honestly, I it didn't really emotionally affect me at all or anything because I was just, I was so done with this show by this point. <laughs> I was like, let's just, let's wrap this up, all right? And then the show has like 30 endings, so I... <laughs> just did not end i was like are they not gonna put qui-gon in this i was like (laughs) after all that i'm like they have to right i'm just waiting um and then liam neeson shows up and he looks like he doesn't know where he is (laughs) looks like he just wandered onto set one (laughs) he wandered onto a green screen yeah (laughs) um liam neeson that's just great to see him always as always yeah it was um he's the he's like the only one that's ever played qui-gon or something like that because even in like the animated appearances he voices him oh wow well i mean liam Uh, neeson literally does anything (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) he's like you sure you don't need me for a a longer scene here (laughs) you know i could come back you know i could be in the whole show i could be a force ghost just you know (laughs) riding along with him they're like no we just need you for the ending (laughs) are you you sure about that i mean come on no liam Liam neeson don't you have like some train to stop or plane to stop or submarine to stop Someone or something? Someone kidnapped your daughter. You got to go stop them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a that was a nice thing. 
Uh, before we completely move away from the duel, I it was interesting. So the, they they shot the duel handheld. Okay. Which I don't know stylistic choice. I don't know if it necessarily worked for me all the time. I like the idea of it. I thought it was. It didn't seem uh, some of the, a lot of the moments didn't seem as per, purposeful to me. Um, there was a lot of overhead shots. Okay, it took me out of it a little bit. It just seemed like some. I I need to rewatch it. Um, but I I think a lot of it felt almost like they were getting coverage of the fight. You know, like so mm-hmm. coverage is just like okay, we're gonna film it from this angle. Now we'll film it from this angle. Now we'll film it from this angle. And we're kind of making it up as we go, rather than here's our storyboard, here's the exact moments we want to catch from this exact angle True. to convey the story. And not that you necessarily need to do that all the time, but I think like, and not I'm not saying that they didn't do that either. They very well, very well may have done that. I think there are definitely moments in this fight where it's like, okay, they clearly had a storyboarded vision of that. I'm sure they had the concept art where it literally they just adapted the concept art, mm-hmm. but. The in-between moments, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to watch it again, I guess, for my full analysis of that. But it's it, it did seem kind of like, okay, we're just at this angle. Now we need to cut to another angle. So let's just cut over here and let's do, let's do this. Um, let's get a wide shot now. Let's get a close shot. Let's get a shot from above. Um, it mm-hmm. didn't seem all that intentional. But again, I think overall, good, solid fight. It had the emotion it had, you know, a blend of that choreography from the prequels and the original trilogy. So it, I, I, it, it worked for me. And uh, these are nitpicks um, for something yeah. that worked overall. Uh, Holden, Obi-Wan says the thing. He says hello there. I yeah. wanted to die. <laughs> it, it was, it kind of made me cringe. <laughs> I, I just started laughing. <laughs> I did. Um, it was, it like... It's so just forced in there and just didn't need... I mean, like, fine, haha, he says the meme, cool. But I kind of I kind of cringed at that. I think it would have been... Like, you can have him say it, but have him be like, hello there, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, like... Like, just, like, you don't more. have to... It's not like, not like a punchline where he walks over, stops in front of the camera, winks, and goes, hello and there. <laughs> Yeah, like, I and mean, then even, if you, even if he says it on its own, have it be, like, middle of the scene or something, or maybe how he comes into a scene, even. Like, I don't, that doesn't need to be how we leave that scene, and that's just the only thing we took away from it. It was such a heavy-handed wink and nod at the audience that, yeah. that was the part that made me cringe. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't hate it. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> I just think it could have been done with a little bit more nuance, a little bit more blink and you miss it, I think would have helped. Um, but it is what it is. Nuance so, yeah. in Star Wars, Jimmy, doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Sorry. How how dare I want nuance in Star Wars? I should just <laughs> accept it for what it is. Um, I think that's all I got. Hold on. I think I've yeah. Said my um, what else? Uh, I guess music. Oh, we did. Yeah. Music was good. Yeah. I... So I did see uh, Natalie Holt, the composer, was directed by Deborah Chow to not do bombastic John Williams. She wanted modern and minimalistic. Okay. Were the were the two words I saw in the the title, or the headline. And I mean, I t- I have watched re edits of the duel with the Battle of the Heroes and stuff, and it was great. 
I I have not rewatched it with the original music. Mm-hmm. I love the bombastic music in Star Wars. I think that was something in the Rise of Skywalker that was especially that Kylo Ren Ray fight on the Death Star sorely needed. I'm not saying it can't work to not have the music. I think you man, I mean it's Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. I think I I would have loved bombastic music there. I'll just say that. It's it's a stylistic sure. choice. I like th- I for something like Star Wars where it's fanfare, it's flashy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like you had nuance anywhere else in the series. No. <laughs> so it's like come on. Like you you didn't have this mature content um that that lent itself to that. So that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, no. I think it was a mistake to not have the more kind of Star Warsy things. Yeah. I um yeah, uh, music I uh, didn't really bother me. I don't have like I don't I just don't have many feelings on this episode cuz I was pretty checked out of the series at this point. And there were a few cool things that brought me back in, but overall I just I'm glad it's done. That's my main takeaway. <laughs> I will go back and and watch that second duel. Okay. Uh from time to time. I may watch the first one from uh, like a third as many times and be like, uh, but I will watch that last one. And yeah, um, I think that's the only part of the show that anybody needs to ever see. Yeah. Just watch the last episode. You'll get the gist. Yeah. This is a spoiler discussion, but sure. <laughs> um, all right, Holden, shall we talk about the boys? Sure. All right. Hold about- oh, wait, we didn't give our ratings of the entire oh, series. Oh, the entire series. Okay, well, hmm, this is tough because, again, I think I would give that Darth Vader final duel overall an 8.5 out of 10 mm-hmm. with like a 10 out of 10 for the moment with his helmet off and 7.5 for the rest of the duel. Maybe I'll go up to a 9 out of 10 for that duel. And yeah, then I mean, the whole rest of the series, I would probably say, is a 5 out of 10. So I'm going to land at a 6. No, 5.5. No, sure. just 5. <laughs> I'm just going to say 5. Maybe the rest of the series is like, I'm just going to say 5. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this series a <clears throat> 5 overall, probably. Just bleh, disappointing... Um, glad I didn't have it on my top 10 anticipated of the year, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah, Holden. Well, everything I look forward to just it ends up being horrible. So, <laughs> All right. Now we can talk about The Boys. Season 3, Episodes 6 and 7. Finally, something good. Yay, so the boys, I'm a lot more excited for this discussion, Jimmy, because this is a lot better than that piece of shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> no, so um, last week, obviously, we missed an episode of the boys, so we are here. Episode 6 and 7, uh, titled Herogasm for 6, and uh, 7 is Here Comes a Candle to Light You to Bed. Um yeah uh would you uh, we can let's let's try to stick with episode six first um 
Spoiler discussion again, just yeah. for people who are not aware, maybe joining us for the first time. Uh, okay, so Herogasm, they made it out to be this huge kind of event. And my personal take on it is, yeah, it is wild, but it's really not more wild than anything else that has happened in this show. Uh, so yeah, I think I mean, they overhyped like, the actual Herogasm event itself, but the, <laughs> the episode as a whole is probably the best episode of this season. Probably, I don't know. It's it's one of the most critical, anyway. Yeah, I would say it's it's one of the best episodes of the season, if not the best. Um, yeah, the Herogasm thing itself, and oh, we can go through that real quick. Um, it, it's not there. There are some like weird bits to it, and like gross bits or whatever. But it's not more sexually promiscuous than other, like necessarily other bits. I guess it's a lot more condensed. Like there's a lot of it in. A fairly short amount of time but i mean we've seen we've seen a lot of a lot of weird superhero sex in this show already so it's not like it's that much weirder i don't think there's anything in it that's more jar- jarring than termite in episode one of the season no. like that's more memorable to me than anything that happened in here i mean we get the return of love sausage and all that which i think you already had that reveal in season two Mm-hmm. So like yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on screen, going on on screen all at once, but none of it is. <laughs> we're just so desensitized to it <laughs> by the rest of the show. Maybe but, it's uh, a commentary. Maybe that's what we're supposed to be feeling, Jimmy. Like, uh, desensitized to this. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, poor MM gets a, a little uh, worse for the load. Word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and poor Frenchie wasn't there to see it. One of his biggest regrets. <laughs> um, but apparently in the comics, it's more of the A-listers, I guess. And this is okay. more like the C, D tier superheroes. Well, yeah, from what I understand, the comics, like this is like a mini series, like a little mini arc in this, in the, uh, comics. So like, it's more than just an episode's worth of content, but I mean, I don't mind. I think it works for what it did. I don't think I need all of a season of this show that's all about the superheroes having sex so it's probably it's pretty good <laughs> yeah i think one episode was enough we we found out what it is um they can always bring it back <laughs> yeah um <laughs> next year yeah next year uh but holden more importantly we had uh, the two heavyweights face off um yeah. we a lot of great homelander stuff in this episode any qualms i had about him in other episodes i thought they they brought back some of that nuance that i love so much about that character and him just battling with like his his self-esteem yeah um which is is just great i love that aspect to him and the whole kind of conversation he has with him with himself in the mirror hyping himself up for this fight and he is right. he would have won like he he was better than soldier boy like he was kicking his butt and then uh had it not been for a butcher and huey to mm-hmm. step in um and then he is able to make it out of there i was uh i thought they had him I thought yeah they were i mean do that it. was one of the most cathartic things i've seen in this show honestly was homelander finally getting some shit beat out <laughs> like we've had Homelander as this villain for so long and it's just never happened. No one's been able to lay a finger on him and finally something happens. And I mean, I, I'm 
it would have been cool for them to actually get him because I think that could have went down a whole different, obviously, path of stories and stuff. But I am happy that he managed to get away, and now he has to live with the fact that he basically got beat. <laughs> like, well, he got teamed up against. Yeah, like, he, but like one on one, he had Soldier Boy beat, but he yeah. doesn't have any teammates. Um, yeah, which is the problem. It no would one's seem, on his. No one's in his corner. It would seem. Uh, however, other stuff happens in, in another episode that we're going to talk about. Um, but overall, yeah, Hero Gasm episode was great. It was fun to see the SmackDown um, again. The divide between uh, Huey and Starlight. Huey teleports her away, and uh, she's just like, "You're just an awful person now, Huey." Yes. Mm-hmm. And I like how you stated you could visually see Huey's character development because he's not just wearing Billy Joel shirts anymore. He's wearing other bands' T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Footloose and Nirvana. and yeah. I guess Footloose is not a band, but it's another. Yeah, foot, the famous band Footloose. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to like look through this, the Wikipedia, trying to remember what all happened. Um. Oh yeah, there's the confrontation between New Olivia Newman and Annie. Is the Olivia? Annie. I was thinking it was Vic. Is it yeah. Victoria Newman? Or Victoria Newman? Yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Newman. I I listened to another podcast where they I think they have definitely messed it up too. Her last name is Newman. They don't yeah. really say Victoria her, Newman. I think you're right. I think but yeah, her. there's there's that scene. Annie basically reveals that she knows about Newman's powers and all of that. Mm-hmm. But Newman's like, watch yourself. Yeah, she is. She's an interesting character too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. You you got a bunch left to say about this episode, or you just kind of want to blend it into our next next episode uh, here? Let's see. Oh, we do. Okay, so first of all, uh, the explosion happens at Herogasm. Yeah. And the the scene after of just everyone like burnt and like it's it's reminiscent of i think that's apocalypse now the famous scene with the with the gas and that okay um but um yeah that that whole sequence is pretty great but then you have the a train thing with blue hawk oh yeah um or he just completely <laughs> just more pro- more disgusting than anything at Herogasm. Just drags him on the ground. Completely smears. Literally a smear on the pavement. Yeah, he just... The friction just grinds his face off. Yeah. Uh, and then the A-Train has a heart attack and falls over. Yeah, I thought he was, like, dead. <laughs> Honestly, I, I was wondering... I, I was like, I don't know. I feel like his arc isn't complete. That's what I was thinking, too. So I was like, "Is he dead? Nobody's yeah. around." I was, I wasn't sure. And then they, you know, sure enough, I. So did did they give him Blue Hawk's heart? Is that what? Yeah. Happened? Wow. Yeah, that's the the it's dipping into the next episode. Uh, a Train wakes up in the hospital and finds out that he has Blue Hawk's heart, and yikes. <laughs> that's not even something I had considered that would happen. I'm like, oh man, that's. That's got to suck for him. Yeah. Is he going to start being a better person or is he not? Um, you never yeah, it's know really with the boys. They set up these things and then the characters just reject the, the growth that they look like they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, in the Herogasm episode, we also have a uh, Noir leaving, cutting out his tracker. Yeah, I, I love Black Noir. <laughs> Such a great He's character so in the show. Um, and that that particular that was like the beginning of the episode. That particular bit, um, that was just like pretty thrilling. I didn't really understand what was happening and like the fact that he was basically Homelander's last friend and he just leaves and I, I think Homelander took it personally, but it seems to be it was he's just more trying to get away from Soldier Boy. Like he's trying to hide. The well, the way I interpret it is like Homelander's like, okay, I got this situation under control. I got Black Noir in my corner. Black Noir literally nothing phases him. He's always been there. He's great. And then Soldier Boy comes along and he cuts his tracker out and he's just gone. Which mm-hmm. Which implies that Black Noir is afraid. And if Black Noir is afraid, then you know things are getting serious. Yeah. And I think that is what really gets under Homelander's skin and why he really needs to hype himself up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Um, oh, and then we, we had the Kimiko and Frenchie stuff where Kimiko ends up mm. killing people. Mm-hmm. Killing a bunch of people without her powers. Important... Yeah important little character moment there because she almost didn't save Frenchie. Frenchie almost died. But yeah. Yeah, I can't believe they all survived that scene, right? Because Cherry got away too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all the major characters got out of that scene. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for that Russian storyline to be done. <laughs> I am too. That's probably been my least, the least interesting aspect of the season for me. Not just that like it's in Stranger bad. Things. Not that it's bad. It's just there. It's just not as interesting as the other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll probably get one like one last bit in this last episode and then it'll probably be done. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's much more left for it to do. Um anything else for Herogasm otherwise holding Nah, nothing for Herogasm. Okay. So episode seven here something lighting candles something in the dark something like that yeah um something candle <laughs> something about a lighting something candle <laughs> um you got the character you got two character explorations and you got butcher um who's been i think it's Mindstorm is the guy's name kind of mm-hmm. sends him into a, a, an infinite nightmare eternal yeah. nightmare until he just dies of thirst i guess or whatever happens which is horrific um you have that whole background with Lenny, which has been talked about, but you haven't gotten to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool to see that firsthand. He's kind of doing like the Harry Potter pensive thing where he just just like a third person watching what's happening. Can't really interact. Yeah. Good um, comparison. So you have that going on and then you have Black Noir with your little Who Framed Roger Rabbit animation. Uh <laughs> Or, you know, um, stuff going on with all those little characters. They kind of remind me of, like, the woodland Christmas critters or whatever you call them. Oh, from yeah, South from Park. South Park, yeah. I, no, like, I was, thought it was funny how, like, that was extremely graphic, too, when they're, like, modeling. <laughs> they're just beating the crap out of each other. There's, it's like, like Happy Tree Friends or something, if you ever watched those. Um but yeah, I, I thought that was great. The animation on those characters were pretty good, implemented really well into the 
just into the environment. Um, black. I mean, it helps that Black Noir is just basically silent the whole time, but he's <laughs> great at reacting to these animated characters. And it, it's just, I, it's so hard to read Black Noir for so many reasons, but adding this like hallucination, like these cartoon characters just adds another layer of what's going on in this guy's head <laughs> like at any time <laughs> um but it like, also we get did, a little bit of history with him in soldier boy too mm-hmm. before he just became this silent assassin and assassin um yeah he got uh he talked to the stan edgar squirrel uh, <laughs> also voiced by john carlo esposito <laughs> uh, um and is like yep gonna sell out soldier boy which yeah and then that that fight represented through the animation was just really fun i mean obviously it would have been cool to see it live action too but i think this is a fun way to do it so it's interesting that he sold out soldier boy but he has not had an uh, an urge to sell out homelander i -hmm. guess which is interesting and you know how much is he just damaged you know is he like really brain damaged i don't know exactly what's going on with black noir he had that whole peanut allergy thing mm-hmm. i don't know how much that affected him you you don't really know because he doesn't talk and you can't see his face <laughs> so it's like the mandalorian if he didn't talk so it's even harder to understand what's happening with him yeah um but that's great and you have the whole butcher thing and it really looks like butcher has come around you have uh, Huey, you know, Huey's kind of snapped out of his funk at the moment. And he's like, wait a second. Uh, Soldier Boy is a lunatic. who's <laughs> insane. And he, he's, he's awful. And he's going to destroy everything that's good in the world. Just like he's just home, like Homelander. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care about him and this whole thing anymore. I just want to save my friend Butcher. And so he gets Mindstorm to... Uh, to kind of snap him out of the the thing in this you know in exchange for helping him doesn't go so well for mindstorm but uh butcher like wakes up he's like huey and all that it's like i'm so sorry or whatever he says and mm-hmm. he's you think he really has had this character change and uh starlight of course has found out that the temporary v the v24 we we're like it's got something's got to be going on here with the mm-hmm. side effect uh, turns out it's gonna kill you <laughs> after yeah. three to five doses. Like you're dead. Um, and Butcher, knowing that, is like, yeah, let's go get some more. That's what we need to do. Um, just a great subversion of expectations by the show. Um, and yeah, it, it I just, just says I, a lot about Butcher's at, Butcher as a character too. Mm-hmm. I I wonder. I really wonder how that's gonna turn out in the next episode. But it, that was. <sighs> It seemed it, it yeah because as you said Butcher had a lot of development in this episode and that just seems as you kind of mentioned this show does a lot it it goes against the character development heat that was kind of set up but uh, I don't know because I'm, I'm like scared. oh well I'm like oh well I thought maybe they were setting up Butcher to be the big bad and now they really can't do it with this and then he just rejects all that character development so we're right back where I started where he could be the big bad and. <laughs> That's not even the biggest wrench thrown into this episode, Holden, because there's a bigger reveal happening later. I don't know if we're going to get into it yet. We can. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Well, I guess what else happens in this episode? Oh, okay. So the big thing we didn't mention in Herogasm, but it bleeds into this, is uh, 
Annie comes out uh, oh, yeah, online yeah. and is like, hey, Vought sucks. Um, can't do this anymore. Like she she go, takes to social media and starts talking about how all these terrible things that they're doing, how Homelander's the worst and all of this. Great moment. I loved that. Um, and it feeds into honestly my favorite moment moment of this episode um which is her talking to homelander mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets him on the uh the wire mm-hmm. the yep. secret and, uh, recording and initially i thought she was like lying about it but then i was like well i don't like that would only help her for like a few seconds before homelander figures out she's lying so yeah, and then later on, Ashley mentioned was talking to Homelander about it, and so it did actually happen. I really want to know how that. I want to see the larger effects of that and the the Homelander tape in the next episode. I'm sure we will. Homelander milks a cow. Yep, drinks yep. from it. That's great. Uh, I like how Victoria Newman is trying to like blackmail him, and then you get to see kind of that classic season one season two homelander where he's just like no i am still the one i'm like i'm still the one you should be afraid of and he just kind of puts her in her place um i thought that was good good to see homelander kind of establish himself as the as the kind of the untouchable bad guy which i know you like to see him getting the crap beat out of him i like homelander laying down the law but I, I love to cheer for the villains. No, I like so. both. I I like to see Homelander be a, a tough villain, but I also love just him at his lowest points. I, I think seeing all of that and him struggling with trying to, you know, be that powerful person, it's, it's all just the best part. That's why Homelander's so good. Yeah, so, the, yeah, the big moments with Starlight, you had that moment with Newman. And then, of course, you find out that uh soldier boy is actually uh homelander's biological father because <laughs> they which i i should have seen that coming a mile away i don't know how i didn't see it coming either like, it seems so obvious in retrospect yeah and it, that kind of seems to be the general consensus from what i've seen online is like no one is like well that was obvious everyone's like that should have been obvious <laughs> like <laughs> in retrospect but i think they just kind of like like if they don't give you that opportunity to think about that really so like if they gave you any any chance prior to that reveal then like we'd be like oh yeah this is this is how that's gonna go down but there's just so much happening and so much not related to that potential relationship that yeah it's it just makes a good reveal yeah uh and then that poses the question what's gonna happen now are they gonna team up like what is like are they i feel gonna- like no like it might seem that way but i and I, i'm not necessarily sure that like sold i don't necessarily think soldier boy will fight homelander again but i don't i also don't think they're gonna just straight up team up in a way like I, I feel like something's gonna happen know about that I will see. I I have no again. This show continues to just blow my mind. Where I have no idea where <laughs> where it is going. I think kinda, I finally cracked it. It's like oh, I don't know. I think I'm at the point where I think Soldier Boy is going to die next episode. You do, huh? Yeah. Do you think it'll be like a character moment for Homelander? I don't know. It might be. Um, I just 
I don't think as, as much as I enjoy him, I don't think he has too much to offer per, like past what he already has. Oh, like, I think see, I think there's I think this has opened up a whole, whole new season's worth of stuff to explore. Uh, this dynamic between him and Homelander, Homelander having like this dad, uh, they might just say, "F it, let's just let's just establish our own order here." do whatever we want as father and son and then i think uh well obviously something something is going to happen with this russian music triggering uh uh the involuntary response by soldier boy to do this explosion thing Mm. they've set that up so that's going to come into play somehow Uh, i don't know if that's going to be this season i don't know if that would be next season but i i honestly see you could do a whole season's worth of stuff with the dynamic between those two and explore the characters that way and then Homelander kind of maybe figuring out he doesn't need this acceptance from his father or whatever and takes I him out. Or, or that um, he loses, you know, they trigger that and it lose, makes Homelander lose his powers, something like that. I, there's so many. I think it's opened up a whole new avenue of things that they could do. I think if they don't kill him off, I like, okay, Soldier Boy is like a lunatic but he's like a different type of lunatic than homelander i like i don't i don't see their ideals necessarily meshing we'll see so i like even if he does stick around i don't think it's going to be a straight up team up with them but you but here's the deal i think soldier boy is the one person who can truly embrace homelander and make homelander feel special um in a way that other people can't if that makes sense like i think homelander would love the um the only person he would need acceptance from is soldier boy like if soldier boy were to like accept him and to admire him for what he is i think that would mean the world to homelander at this point but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Like I said, they it, it could go that way. It could go that way. It could work. It could go completely in a different way, and it could work too. Like I think the story works whether they keep him alive or they kill him off. There's so many different ways they've set everything up so well. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What else happened in this episode? Have we missed stuff? Oh, Kimiko got her powers back. Yeah, which was interesting. She did it by choice. Again, I like to have those things done by choice by characters, decisions made instead of things just happening. I think that's the <laughs> difference between a lot of good writing and, and not good writing. Um, so always appreciate that. Um, yeah, and that's pretty great. Her her whole interactions with Frenchie this episode, very good. Yeah, Underrated very part of the episode. The whole part with her, his arms, feeling his arms, that was emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, otherwise two very solid episodes setting up a great finale um looking forward to it holden anything else to say before we talk about the black phone here no i'm gonna give these nine out of ten nice uh i'll have my uh, season rating next week for you when we review the final episode of season three of the boys can't wait otherwise holden let's do our non-spoiler review of the black phone yeah Yay, so The Black Phone, a new horror movie from writer-director Scott Derrickson, 
formerly uh, of Doctor Strange 1 fame, also the movie Sinister, and other movies that he probably made that I can't think of off the top of my head, but those are the <laughs> ones that I know. Um, yeah, this came out uh, not this week, but two weeks ago, um, but I, we were going to do it, but Jimmy's wedding got in the way, so we're doing this instead of Minions, The Rise of Gru. Sorry for all you Minion fanatics out there. <laughs> Which apparently there's a lot. Apparently the movie's doing really well, so great. Can't wait for more. Um, yeah, the Black Phone. I was pretty excited for this movie because I thought the trailer looked cool. The initial reviews were pretty positive. It was supposed to come out like in February, and it was shown at a festival like back in October or something. So this has been like we've kind of known about it for a while, um, but. We've finally got it jimmy what did you think of the black phone or wait we should we should give a synopsis synopsis of the black phone let me pull up the official one here the black phone starring ethan hawk uh and the kid his name is mason thames thames not sure how to pronounce that. is that the kid from mid 90s wouldn't he be too old I don't, I don't know. He, he, it's like not. The, it doesn't say that. So okay. The his face looked similar to me, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right. So the official synopsis is: Finney Shaw is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who's being held in a soundproof basement by a sadistic mask killer. When a disconnected phone on the wall starts to ring, he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderer's previous victims. And they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. There you go, holding the black phone. Like you said, it's being pretty well received. I know they had that bunch of commercials like 100% Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's not at that anymore. It's 83%. It's got a 65 Metacritic. And I would say it's the Rotten Tomatoes score is pretty on. I think it's a little bit better than a 65 on Metacritic. I don't think this phone is as good as this phone this movie <laughs> <laughs> this movie is quite as good as some people are making out to be i think it's a, a solid film um that is very tightly paced mm-hmm. and has solid character arcs and you actually feel for characters which you cannot say a lo- about a lot of horror movies i think it's well directed um it's very beautifully shot good cinematography Good performances. I would say personally would have liked more from Ethan Hawke. Um, uh, and that I would say that's my general impression of it. I would say if you like horror, it's a it's a one to see. Go see it. You might it really love it. It is one to see. You might <laughs> you might really love it. Um, I liked it. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat i think um i agree with a lot of what you said ethan hawk is i mean we'll talk about him more in spoilers too he is weirdly underused in this movie especially considering how hyped up he was um i think his i I just feel like there's stuff missing with him i feel like like they didn't like i i get the idea of like being restrained leaving more up to the imagination but I just mm-hmm. didn't. His character, the grabber, is what they call him in the movie. This kidnapper. Yeah. I just didn't. There wasn't enough to be like, oh, this guy is insane. <laughs> you know, like 
like they they hinted at things but it's like i kind of i wanted a little more like like why like what show me the extent of his insanity instead they kind of like here's a little hint here's a little hint Um, yeah i mean i hate being like saying that you know i need a backstory for certain characters but i think this one really does need one because like a lot of his motivation i mean i get that he's crazy that's fine but it seems like there's other stuff there like trauma and stuff that may be the cause of some of this that we don't really get to see or hear about um and i mean i feel like if that was more fleshed out then it would even strengthen parallels more with the main character too um but um even just like more screen time with this character i think would have helped because they almost go for like a weird split like multiple personality thing sometimes um with his character where he's he acts differently certainly seems to have some sort of bipolar in some in some regard but yeah it's just underdeveloped really and i think yeah Split is a good comp for this movie. I never thought of Split. Pretty similar, honestly. I mean, I don't remember why he kidnaps Anya Taylor-Joy in Split, but um, it is like this crazy person interacting with, you know, this uh, kid and who they have kidnapped in this Mm. locked-up cell. I mean, that's what both of those movies are. (laughs) And I think I enjoyed Split more. I think James McAvoy's performance is a little bit uh, more iconic in that movie um i was and again he's a lot more screen time to work with i think i like this idea of the grabber a lot um but like you said just would have liked more of him um and i like what you said about kind of fleshing him out giving him some more like giving us a little bit more knowledge about why he is this way that sort of thing and i would compare it to like uh the movie x where you really get to know mm-hmm. pearl uh, her backstory and why she is the way she is and why she resents the characters who she hurts and in this yeah. you don't you don't really get any of that that's all kind of missing you you're kind of left to fill that uh in those gaps yourself which isn't by definition uh, a bad thing but like you said if that was the case i would have liked more screen time with just ethan Hawke playing this character yeah. So we can see more of his current state now. And I will say that there is a character in this movie that should just not be here. They literally do not serve a purpose. Yeah. They should just be <laughs> deleted from this movie. They are a weird tonal shift. Uh, it's like it's supposed to add comedy, but it, it, it doesn't. I have. It was very bizarre. It felt very out of place in what is, no, what is otherwise a very tightly written and edited script. Luckily, it's he's not in in there that long. No, and that's the other thing. It's like it's really like just not important. Like hardly in there. Doesn't so match the rest it? of the movie. It's like you could just take that person out, and it yeah. doesn't change anything. Yeah. Um. But the other, I mean, the kid actors actually are pretty good. Um. Mm-hmm. Finny. Um. I don't remember the actor's name, but um, yeah, it's like ma- something. Thames, Thames, Mason, yeah. Mason, Th- Thames or Thames, whatever. Pronounce. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, I liked his sister a lot, um, Madeline McGraw. Um, 
very uh, initially I was more iffy on her like at the very beginning I was like yeah she's kind of just overacting little girl but there's a couple scenes in the movie where she she gets to really show off and yeah she's really pretty good and very funny uh, the probably the funniest bits involve yeah. her too mm-hmm. um, so she was a highlight um thought the guy the dad was good too yep yep their dad was good played by balder from god of yeah, war yeah balder from god of war jeremy davies mm-hmm. also in lost it was driving me crazy i'm like i know this guy from something <laughs> yeah um yeah and then you said as you said visually this movie is very strong um it's I I like the kind of I don't I assume it's like in added in post but the kind of film grain stuff that's on it to um, mm-hmm. make it look like it's from the seventies definitely makes it feel more authentic. Um, yeah, they re- I mean they absolutely nailed the seventies aesthetic. Yeah, there was never it, a, a, a doubt in my mind that it was like it was spot on. And they don't beat you over the head with it either. Like it's it's not like it's a bunch of seventies references. It's like, oh, you can tell just by, you know, how people are acting, just the general vibe of the area. This is like a movie that's it it feels like the seventies. Yeah. Um so that was great. Very subtle way of, of setting making that setting. Um yeah, music. Uh, they had some really good licensed music. At one point, I leaned over. I was like, "Oh, they picked Pink Floyd," which it, it's this really weird Pink Floyd song that's like an interlude on "Dark Side of the Moon," and it's like probably the one that I would never think anyone would play in a movie for any reason, but it really fit the scene quite well. <laughs> um, I would say like there's a big kind of climactic moment towards the end of the movie where the music gets really hammy in my opinion and it was like cheesy oh yeah i think i know what you're talking about it is pretty cheesy uh it's like okay a little overly dramatic kind of soap opera-esque or something Um, i liked go ahead oh i was gonna say i liked the creepy music during the opening credits i was gonna say this is a nice opening credits bit like we need to bring back the opening credits like like a good opening credits can uh sell a movie it really set the tone i liked Mm -hmm. it Another thing I'll give this movie credit for is that um, you have a lot of these kind of victims of the grabber, and they establish them very well. Like you actually feel for these uh, kids, yeah. and I don't, and so when I, it's like it's not like you have these just random people getting picked off. It's like okay, you actually know something. You you feel established in this world. It's not like I was surprised at how much time was dedicated to before the kidnapping. Yeah, of Finney. Yeah quite a bit and i like without spoiling exactly what they do um i think the style for kind of the communication with the with the victims is pretty good um mm-hmm. it's a little inconsistent um in some regards but i think for the most part and i'll i'll talk about that in spoilers but for the most part that communication aspect is really cool done really well there are a few jump scares i was just jumpy during this movie for whatever reason i was like oh geez a lot of them were like well done i think like um there were a couple that were you know typical just the scene gets really quiet and you can see it coming a mile away but there were a couple and like the ones that you jumped at were a lot more like out of nowhere it was the movie didn't quite as obviously build to it i was like okay i'm you know what 
they didn't get me, but I was okay with those jump scares because at least it wasn't just the the same thing you see in every other movie. Yeah, hold on. I was just thinking about the Obi-Wan finale. Just you know, whatever. <laughs> Boom, no, jump scare, I don't care. It was it was really funny because Jimmy like jumped a couple times in the theaters and I just look over at him. I'm like, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why I was so jumpy during this one. It's a pretty intense <laughs> movie, I would say. Yeah, it's it's not very scary. Um but I feel like we say that for a lot of horror movies because we're kind of desensitized. I to think it. this is more scary. I think this is scarier than a lot of other stuff. I think because yeah. it's more like realistic. Yeah, maybe in terms of like this kidnapper guy. Mm-hmm. I think if you're not accustomed to going to see horror movies, that this could rock your boat a little bit. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I, I think you could say that about a lot of horror movies. But yeah, this one. It, the, this movie does have a lot more of just a consistently creepy atmosphere, even before like the kidnapping. Just with the the whole, the town is kind of being shook by these kidnappings, and you can feel everyone's really concerned about it. And yeah, it really just me- makes a creepy atmosphere. And the kid uh, the kidnapping scenes, I I like how they do the kidnappings before it gets to Finny. How it just like fades to black each time. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, that way you're you're really pull taken, you know, for a surprise when it actually happens to our main boy Finny. Yeah, um, I think I'm ready to dive into spoilers. Hold on, so are you ready to give your rating here? Yeah, I think I'm ready too. All right, I'm gonna go seven. I think it's an above average horror movie that is worth seeing if you're a fan of the genre. Yeah, I will give this a seven as well. Um, I don't know if I like this more than Sinister. I'm not even as big of a Sinister fan as, as some people are. Some people absolutely love that movie. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you like Sinister, though, I think there's a lot of style comparisons that Scott Der- Derrickson, he brings over some things from that movie that you'll be like, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it has a similar opening credits type thing for Sinister as well. So it's a nice little callback. But I have not seen it, so I cannot... Uh chime in on that so i'll have to see it and then i can say uh but otherwise you ready to dive into spoilers here holden yeah i think i am all right seven out, seven out of ten i don't remember if i said that yeah you did i think all right okay. so we're good spoilers for the black phone starting right now all right the black phone spoilers um, so, uh, as usual, dive right into the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really like, um, how I mentioned this after the movie. I love how it all comes together at the end with this big, like home alone trap kind of thing. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. I thought they, they built that nicely. Cause I was like, where is this going with this? Like you seem to start something and you're really not doing anything with it. And then mm-hmm. you do this, and you're not doing it with it. Um, but well, it really added together in the end nicely came together. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And it was nice because it was basically a combination. He used a combination of all of these failed uh, escape attempts and used the remnants of each to, to create this trap. And um, it really makes you wonder how like I'm, the the kids helping him out, like how much of it was them like, oh, this is actually a way to escape. Or, like, oh, you can escape through this window. Or were they like, oh, no, just pull off the grate and you can use it. Like, I don't know. But it's pretty cool. 
What did you use the grate for again? Uh, that's it's in the it's in the pit, and he like he breaks, oh, breaks his, his leg. Yeah, yeah, breaks his leg on it. That's right. Which that was that made me wince a little bit. I was like, ooh, <laughs> landed right on that. Yeah. So that was nice. The culmination of all that. Of course, I like how they had the what's this Bruce or whatever that one kid was. I don't remember it. I can't remember it. His, Which one? The 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 his friend who was tough. Oh, uh, Robin. Robin, that's right. Not mm-hmm. Bruce. Robin. Um, Bruce Wayne. Robin. <laughs> uh, that was a nice scene where he's teaching him how to the punch mm-hmm. and all that, and he just beats the crap out of Ethan Hawke. <laughs> kept waiting for him to like grab his legs or something. He just nope. He just kept beating the crap out of him. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, that climax is pretty short. Um, which I don't really mind. I thought it, it was a nice payoff. I mean, once again, would have loved to see more Ethan Hawke. So it's kind of a shame, I guess, that he got killed off so quickly. But uh, I mean, well, I think about it. So obviously, if you've seen the movie, the character we're refi- referring to is Ethan Hawke's brother. Um, who's oh, yeah. Just, the the annoying the character that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Which is weird because it's like he's like a, a druggie and he's trying to figure out this thing and he's like not from here. He's just living at his brother's. It's like it seemed very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I guess I guess his purpose is is like he's the only person who gets like you see gored to death, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess I mean, I guess that's the point, because if you don't have anything, it's like then you don't. You don't see any, like, there's no sort of satisfactory sort of, like, you know, the serial killer part of it. You have to show why this guy, like, what this guy's capable of, and they've mm-hmm. only alluded it to it at this point. So, I guess his point is to just get axed in the head. <laughs> um, Which the, like, makeup in that great fun kill and everything, always love to see an axe to the head. Um <laughs> But um, it is, it's just like the most obvious thing too. Like, yeah. you know, it's going to happen. He's just standing at this door and he's like, oh, let me tell you this story. Uh, this funny story that happened. Like, no, dude, just get him out of there. Um, I liked the idea of the trap uh, that Ethan Hawke sets where he leaves the door open. Oh, yeah. He waits at the top. Um. I wanted more stuff like that. Well, like, okay. Where, like, you get to see, like, this guy is crazy, and I don't know. I guess you, like, you see the aftermath of the other victims somewhat. So I guess there's that gore. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just you don't really get to, you don't see Ethan Hawke's character really snap. I guess the only thing he snaps is when he kills his brother, but that's just so quick and... It doesn't like you don't you don't really see the sociopathic you know crazy side of him where he just lets loose. There's and, a few uh, things yeah. that are like really underdeveloped about him. Um one of which is so the the vic- the previous victims are like okay, so he you're going to play the uh, there's the naughty boy game that's like part 1 and then there's like a part 2. You don't want to get to part two. And we don't really know what that is. And if it's just them getting killed, that's really boring. I think <laughs> like, it is just them getting killed. That was it, how I understood it when I was watching Yeah. It. I just, I feel like initially when that was revealed, like it was going to be a little bit more, like maybe there's a little bit more. I, I mean, I figured it was going to end in death, obviously, but I've, maybe there was a little bit more to it, but it didn't really seem like there was. 
The other thing is the whole like n- like naughty boy thing. It's it is so reminiscent to the abuse that Finney and his sister go through. So I'm like, is this was this guy like was he abused? Is that like? I feel like that's what they're trying to like get at, and that's why he's so broken as a, as a mentally and everything is he endured this kind of stuff, but we don't get any of that backstory. We don't actually know any of that. Nor does like even with his brother there. That's something that could have been explored with that. But the brother doesn't. I mean, I guess he has a drug problem, but we don't even know if that's connected to anything. It just feels like there's something missing with like the parents. And if that and if abuse was established, then as I said before, that would lend more parallels between the main character and the grabber. Yeah, like you said, there's just something missing. Mm-hmm. That's I, I, it. Just was like it was good, it was solid. I really don't have that many like specific complaints about what was in the movie. It's more of what wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Um, it just I felt like there was another level to this movie out there. There was like one more draft that that, that was going to take this to the next that next level. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's it's very solid. Uh, yeah. um, oh, uh, I I mentioned in non spoilers the whole um, the, him talking to the kids over the phone and the kids are in the room. And the kids are like kind of facing away from him, but they're, it looks like they're having a full conversation and all that. I loved that. And I thought at certain times it, it was like visually very exciting because the way that the other, like the dead kids were like really getting into the performance and everything. It, like it felt like, cause because they weren't facing each other, it made it feel like, like otherworldly in a way that I don't know how to describe, but they were like legit just having this conversation with each other. Yeah, I, I like how they did that too, and and um, you get to you know adds a little bit more visual interest too. He's not just listening on the phone. You get to mm-hmm. actually see these kids, what's been done to them, um, and you know he had like all that kind of lore, I guess, in there of like how it works <laughs> or the the world building of it. Like mm-hmm. you know they kind of forget their names, and there's certain rules they can't really interact, but they can remember some things and stuff like that. And it I never. It never really felt inconsistent in that way either, because I was kind of worried that you'd get to certain kids and they'd somehow remember things that they shouldn't be able to. But it felt pretty consistent in that regard. Um, I kept waiting for Ethan Hawke to catch him on the phone, and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Which I, I thought was waiting was for that too. Yeah. Um, and like they said, oh well, he can hear it too, but you. You can hear it, and so can he, but he doesn't like to think it's real. And that really only plays into effect when he's getting choked out at the end. And so I don't know. So does that mean that either means that a Ethan Hawke is able like has some sort of, you know, abilities that like Finney and his sister have or whatever these otherworldly abilities or B that anyone can potentially hear the phone. But I don't know. I guess it kind of like, it it seemed to mention that like the grabber maybe is the only other one that has been able to hear the phone. So it it didn't seem like the, any of the other victims could have, because it's like, they didn't seem to work together. Yeah. So that, yeah, then that's uh, another reason. Like why does, why is the grabber able to hear it? That does. I mean, I get like, Finney's mom or whatever apparently has these like 
clandestine abilities, but yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Madeline McGraw, who plays Gwen, the sister, is uh, terrific. Um, mm-hmm. She has her dreams. She gets to kind of uncover things. First, I was like, is this going to serve any purpose? Because he's just breaking out by himself. But I guess she discovers where the bodies are buried. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought that was cool. Aside from the fact, like, why are the police listening to her? Yeah. I, like, I never really got, like, they try to explain it, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, even with the explanation they gave, like, why are they just following what this girl says? Um, I guess it matches up enough, and how could she have known, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, it seems like they should have been more skeptical of her, but that also, that's also a trope that is tiring. It's like, the people never listen to the person who you, for a fact, know is right as the audience. True. So I didn't necessarily mind that, that they kind of jumped to that a little faster than maybe what's realistic. Um, But her moments where she's like praying and she's like, what, what the F Jesus? (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. (laughs) That was good. Her, her performance at when her dad was like hitting her, that was really good. I thought that was an intense moment. yeah it was intense and her like crying and i was like geez like and then they watch cartoons afterwards you know that's mm. just just uh hard to watch really yeah yeah but um what else can be said about this movie i think i've pretty much exhausted what i've wanted to cover um, um so if you have anything else to add otherwise i'm, I'm good to go <laughs> The only other thing I'll mention is, um, so one of the kids that they, they do a flashback for him cause, uh, I don't think Finney ever knew him, but he's kind of like this tough kid who had gotten killed by the grabber. Um, I thought he looked like from every angle except from the front, he looked like Eddie from stranger. I did too. I was like, he looks like Eddie from, <laughs> from the news. He had the same hair season. and everything. But, um, I, I just, that flashback was really funny when he just beats the out of that or he like beats the kid um after the the kid just like messing up his pinball game i thought like the pro i mean it, eventually it got to be a bit much but i was like oh he's just mad about the pinball yep um i guess the moment where the music i thought was a little hammy uh was when uh, finn and gwen get reunited at the yeah end. i was like and okay, i agree that's this is a little overly dramatic i think yeah I agree with that. It did get a little hammy at that point. But but it is what it is, Holden. That's what I say. Agreed. <laughs> it's also what I say. Yeah, sweet. Anything else? I don't think so. All right, let's keep it moving, Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, in the uh, two weeks since uh, we last recorded, I actually haven't watched uh, very many movies. I only have, in fact, watched two movies, both of which are Beavis and Butthead movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, two weeks ago at some point, I watched uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America, which is the one from the 90s. Um, I knew that, you know, Paramount Plus was coming out with a new one, and I was like, okay, I, I had seen this movie probably early high school maybe late middle school or something wanted to rewatch it and it is it holds up 
this show is so like Beavis and Butthead are so funny, and it's so weird to me that it's like the King of the Hill creator, like made it. I, like <laughs> he's made all of these great comedy stuff, but he got to start with Beavis and Butthead, and he still is like heavily involved because he voices the main characters and everything. Um, Mike Judge, but I Beavis and Butthead holds up. It is like simultaneously the lowest brow humor, but also there's like smart stuff in there too sprinkled in it's like it really anyone can enjoy it anyone who just likes dumb comedy or anyone who likes something a little more you just kind of have to get over the uh, the stigma that i think people have associated with it but i would highly recommend do america and then uh i did watch the sequel the new one that just came out beavis butthead do the universe which is just as good. I mean, the the years have been kind to Beavis and Butthead. The animation initially, I thought it looked kind of bad from the trailers, but it's it's actually pretty good. It's um some Adult Swim alums that did the animation for it. Looks pretty good. Looks like a, a logical update to the '90s style. But yeah, I'm I'm in a bit of a kick right now. I might end up watching some of the show because. Apparently, they're also making new episodes for Paramount Plus at some point. So exciting, Beavis and Butthead. Nice. I have not seen it, so I'll have to have to watch it sometime. Yeah, if you ever just want a stupid fun movie, that's a good one. Um, and then Jimmy, I messaged you uh, last Sunday, the day after your wedding. I watched a whole season of Better Call Saul <laughs> in one day. Oh man, uh, absolute madness right there uh so now i am on the very last episode of season four um hoping hoping to catch up uh we'll see i'm you on a can better do it. you got like 18 episodes to watch yeah i think so you can do it but it seems like a lot we'll see crossing my fingers um but it is very, very good. A lot has happened, obviously, in one whole season of that show. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I have no idea. Um, yeah. Uh, and then... Is there anything, anything else on TV I've been watching? I haven't watched Stranger Things yet. I think I'm going to actually watch that tonight after we're done recording. So excited for that. We'll do that next week on the podcast. Um... In terms of video games, I beat the Shantae game I mentioned last week um, that I had ordered. So now I am on Ghost of Tsushima, finally, Jimmy. Yes, finally. Um, and it is, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. I'm enjoying it more as I go on. Because um, initially I was like, this is just like every other open world game. And it kind of is like every other open world game still. I think it is, but it's just better at everything than every open world game. I don't know. There, there's some. I think like, like the the bases and stuff sure are very good. I really like those, especially the really big ones. Those are a lot of fun. Um, but a lot of the, there's there's a lot of filler that is like just every other open world game. I'm like okay, whatever. Like what? I feel like like the fox dens and like the the haikus and all of oh, that. Oh, I love the haikus. <laughs> And the fox dents and all. I loved all that. I was. I like, mean, I, no, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just like this is. I mean, I to me, it's no more enjoyable than like filler content and other. Open oh, world I games. would disagree. Yeah. 
I guess you do get to pet the fox, which is pretty good. I thought it just like perfectly is an extension of the world itself. Yeah, I don't know. I mean the and then you have like the shrines which are literally just like radio towers. I mean they don't I guess they don't uncover land necessarily, but it's like the same climbing just like stuff. I don't know. Well, it's like a different platforming thing. Yeah. And you get a perk when you get to the top. Yeah. I mean, that I, do, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing everything I come across. All the little question marks on the map, I go and check out each of each of those, but yeah, good game so far. Like yeah, it. it's a great game, Holden. Come around, open your eyes, <laughs> talk to Scott Sutter. You can appreciate yeah, maybe good I will. I'll probably get the platinum trophy because it seems pretty easy. Yeah, it is. It's worth it too. It's a great game. Yeah. Good DLC too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything for me, Jimmy. What about you? What have you been doing? All right, Holden. Well, let's see. I've been rewatching Breaking Bad. Uh, I think I was talking to you about this, but like. Uh, Better Call Saul season five has like the last few episodes just are gauntlet a gauntlet of great television. Breaking Bad season four is like that too. Like the last mm-hmm. four episodes or so, I I had remembered like how that one episode Crawl Space has had ended, and it still was like man, great, That's so good, great performance by uh, Brian Cranston, especially in that episode, and just that whole ending to that storyline is thrilling. Um, of course the climactic episode face off great uh great episode there um and so i'm on season five which i remember so little of season five of better <laughs> or of breaking bad i remember moments i'm like oh this is how this came in i did forgot that todd doesn't show up until pretty late in the story jesse Plemons, mm-hmm. one of my favorite actors Kind of my, uh, a lot of people's introduction to him, including my own, was <laughs> Breaking Bad season five. So I'm enjoying that. I'm about a third of the way through the final season. So I'll be sad when it ends, uh, but I'll be excited to watch El Camino. Yeah. And by that time, Better Call Saul will be back. So there we go. Um, then I have been playing Holden Shadow of War, Middle Earth Shadow of War, a game that I did not think I was going to enjoy that much. I had briefly played some of Shadow of Mordor back before I had rewatched the Lord of the Rings movies, so I could not have cared less about the story or the world at all. I am quite enjoying this game. Uh, when it came out, I guess it was kind of marred by microtransactions and the online was kind of all screwed up. I don't care about online at all. I have no mm-hmm. intentions of playing the online. I never play online anything, really. Um, that's just not what I like to do. I don't really have a lot of friends who like to do that either. So, um, I've had a ton of fun. I have actually kind of gotten more invested into the story and into the world even, which is weird. It's got a lot of cool Lord of the Rings things in it. Like the ring wraiths, the Nazgul guys. Yeah. The ones that fly on dragons. You got the Balrog, that thing that, uh, kills Gandalf the gray. In the Fellowship of the Ring, you fight one of those. You got a cool things. I can now I unlocked ability where I can just summon a dragon and ride <laughs> on a dragon, burn orcs like I'm Daenerys Targaryen. Um, it's pretty it's pretty cool, honestly. Uh, a lot of things, and I was telling Holden like the beginning of the game, it's kind of a a little bit of a slog at the beginning because it's like I want to be able to just do these things, um, but I can't yet. And you have to like kind of work your way to do the upgrades, so. And I think the beginning of the story is kind of wonky. Like, the idea of it is great. 
mm-hmm. but it's kind of these like trailing missions that are that that don't control well and they're kind of weird um but it like visually it's cool because it's like these ring wraiths taking over like this really cool city and just the environments are really cool and there's a lot of variety and the core gameplay is pretty fun and you like are kind of undermining these orc overlords and kind of building your own army until you kind of lay siege and attack these places and then you have to defend them and it's the gameplay uh loop is really fun and normally i am much more like a story over gameplay person but uh the gameplay is what's hooked me with this and the, the story i've kind of gotten more I've, I've come around on it like it's not as just completely dull and dry as i thought it was going to be i've actually been like oh you know this is pretty interesting stuff and i've had mm-hmm. a new um kind of admiration for tolkien's world that he had, uh, that he set up so it's cool um as as tolkien intended through a video game yes just as he intended um but yeah getting to explore those environments kind of getting better at the combat being able to do some of those fun abilities just a fun thing to do um yeah it's fun to to slay some orcs but i think that is everything emily and i have watched a cup rewatched a couple episodes of better call season six we only have a a couple left to watch before she's caught up and i've rewatched season six so looking forward to that next episode is next monday holden next monday so you, you got a little bit of time here wait when wait july it is. 11th it's coming oh crap yeah i don't think i'm gonna make it i i for some reason i thought i had more time jimmy yeah i don't know man you gotta want it yikes so you can but uh you can wait for stranger things <laughs> <laughs> um i i mean people they premiered the the next episode on like the red carpet and people saying it's nuts you're not gonna want to miss it <laughs> Um, well, I already missed the the last episode. That well, to be fair, Holden, to be fair, we won't review it until a little bit, probably like the you know twentieth or something. So you have until then to see it, I guess. So you have until then to catch up if you want to review it on Yikes. the pod. We'll see. That's like one episode <laughs> a day. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it, Holden. <laughs> we'll see if you know what's good for you. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I think that's all I got, Holden. So, what do we have next week? Any any uh, big movies coming out? Yeah, I think there is a little movie coming out next week uh, called Thor: Love and Thunder. Kind of snuck up. New uh, new Marvel movie. So, very excited for this one. I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to see Christian Bale in it. Yeah, I am too. So yeah, but, that's yeah, what we'll we do got. That. We'll do that. We'll do um, the boys season finale, and we will do Stranger Things, the finale of that next week. Yeah. Excited. It'll be an action-packed week, hopefully with a lot of good stuff. All three of those sound very promising, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I don't know. Are you, Jimmy, are you going to, like, delay the release of the next episode, or are you just going to upload it? No, I'll probably just upload it. So we'll probably be coming out Friday. So, you know, you had to wait a little bit longer for this one. Probably we'll have to wait a little bit less for the next one, yeah. and then you'll probably he's have to wait his, a little bit longer again. Got his honeymoon he's got to go on, so. Yep, we're leaving Saturday, getting back Sunday afterwards. So wow, maybe one we'll, day. Yeah, one day honeymoon. <laughs> 
Um, no, a week long. Uh, and then we might record Sunday or Monday after that. So it might be a little bit delayed on the back side of that. But uh, yeah, it'll be good. Cool. All right. Anything awesome. else, Holden? I don't think so. Uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by uh, emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, I did post on Facebook for the first time in a while. A cute little picture of both of us uh, at your wedding reception. So um, go check that out. Maybe I'll post again. I'll probably forget, though. So, All right. We good, Holden? I think we're good. All right, then. Adios. Bantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs>